Sean, yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you for the church. Thank you, Lord, that you're not bound by space, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are wherever we are, Lord. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. This is an anointed service. This is an anointed. Every time we come together and you're with us, even though you're not with us physically, you're with us. We got a, I got an amen corner here. We got a few people uh, gathered together, but uh, praise God. Uh, we're, we're excited about the church getting back together. Um, I was excited about opening on May 31st. That's the day that we opened the church some 36 years ago. My goodness, I started when I was five years old. And uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to, I, w I was pressed to, to open on our anniversary. I just had that date in my mind, and, and that was my goal. And, uh, but that's not going to happen. And uh, I uh, didn't have a piece about it. Uh, these last few days, just in my heart, I really didn't feel like it was the right time. So um, I pulled back from that, and I don't have a date right now, but we will let you know via email. Um, we already sent an email out. If you're not on our email list, um, let us know, message us, and we'll, we'll get you on there. Praise the Lord. We're going to receive communion right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I do miss everybody, and, and I can't wait for us to come back together. There's nothing like getting together physically, okay? Uh, I haven't stopped meeting. <laughs> the only issue is I, I don't get to see you. But I'm glad that with technology, we, we get to um, come where you are. And um, I, I really appreciate, I, I just want to keep saying this, I appreciate your support, your prayer support. I can feel y'all praying for Carla and I for our body, and um, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the financial support. You all have been just over the top, and we're, we're grateful. And uh, we recently got a grant uh, with um, the, the uh, technology grant, so we were, we were able to upgrade uh, our uh, studios and my, I have a, a studio at home where I broadcast from throughout the week. It's where I, we have our, our prayer meetings and um, different things, Bible studies, and we're able to upgrade that. We're in the process of a major upgrade here, and we're almost there. It's just little things, and uh, if you notice, we've switched. We're switching cameras to get different camera shots and we got one camera that's still not functional waiting on some parts but we'll get get those together um we we're really um you know god has blessed us to be able to do things over the years to prepare us for this time that we're living in right now okay and um so i love you summit church thank you lord we are the church Amen. Thank you, Lord. We are the body of Christ. All right. So if you have communion elements, um, just grab something, even if it's a water and a piece of crack, cracker or something. Um, join us as we 
uh, honor the Lord by receiving uh, communion. Thank you, Jesus. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. If, if you need healing, go ahead and partake of the Lord's Supper and receive your healing today. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, let's just take, take your bread, please, and uh, let's lift it up to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the cross. We thank you. We, we see the cross. We see Jesus taking every sickness, every disease, including the coronavirus, flus, cancer, tumors, back pain, headaches, every sickness and every disease. Thank you that Christ redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. Thank you that Christ redeemed us from poverty. Thank you that Christ redeemed us from spiritual death. By Jesus' stripes. Go ahead and receive your healing right now. By Jesus' stripes. By the stripes that he bore 2,000 years ago. It's real to us now. And we, we receive our healing. Divine health. Life. Zoe. Your DNA, Lord. Thank you. Go ahead and partake. See him on that cross. Lord, glory to God. See, you're partaking of God's DNA, his very life. Let's hold up the cup, Lord. We just thank you for the blood. This, this cup represents the blood that you shed for us. And because of your blood, we have been forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future. Thank you that we have received your very own righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you that Jesus was made to be sin that we might become righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's partake of the cup. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is a good God. I want to, I just want to uh, acknowledge people that are watching that's not a part of uh, our Summit family, your guests, your visitors. Welcome. Glad that you could join us today. And in the chat area, if you see somebody, if, she, if you see a guest or, or maybe somebody in the Summit family that you don't know, just say hi to one another. Go ahead and use that, that chat room and um, just um, be encouraging to one another and lift one another up. Praise the Lord if somebody's hurting. Um, if, if you need prayer, let us know. Okay, and somebody in that chat room will pray for you. Glory be to God. And then, um, uh, well, I'm looking on Facebook right now. We've got people on YouTube, same thing. 
And then if you're watching on our Summit platform, uh, summit.churchonline.org, there are people waiting to minister to you um, in our chat area. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you about prayer, prayer in the new covenant. I'm going to cover some things that I've talked about recently, but um, I, I want to keep going over and over and over these things because um, there are people that really don't understand prayer in the new covenant. They're still praying. I see it over Facebook. People are still praying old covenant prayers, and they don't know the difference in the covenants. Okay. And um, do you know that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he ministered under the old covenant. So the way that to read the Bible is to read it cross-eyed. Or uh, what, what I mean is the cross. Read it through the lens of the cross. Okay. Another way to, I, I like to say it is read the Bible with sunglasses through the lens of the finished works, S-O-N, son, okay? Um, look at the Bible through the lens of the cross, of the finished work, because it can be a little tricky, I admit, when you're reading Jesus in the Gospels, and because he, he sometimes, and, and, and there, this is the reason why it's important to, to read the Bible through the lens of the cross, because sometimes Jesus is talking to Jews under the old covenant, okay, because he, he actually ministered under the old covenant dispensation because the new covenant didn't begin until Jesus said it is finished on the cross. So he's ministering to people, to Jews, under the old covenant. Now, he ministered to other people too, but he's minister, ministering under the old covenant dispensation. That's what I want you to see. But while he was doing that, he would say things that applied to this new covenant. He was saying things, getting people ready for the new covenant, things that will happen under the new covenant dispensation, things that would be true under the new covenant dispensation. For example, when he said, um, in that day, uh, you, uh, you pray to the Father. Okay, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And he's talking about in that day. What day? In the day of the new covenant. So while he ministered under the old covenant, he was also getting them, I like to say, a, how, how can I say it? A, a sneak peek of the new covenant. And he said things that apply in the new covenant dispensation. So how do you know the difference? reading the Bible through the lens of the cross. And you'll be able to easily see that. And we're going to look into uh, a prayer that Jesus prayed. I'm, I'm going to show you an example of that. Um, not that he prayed, actually, that he actually taught the disciples to pray. It's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but it's really... Um, I like to call it the disciples' prayer because this prayer was not meant for us to pray the, the way that it's written. And I used to pray this prayer growing up. 
I'd get on my knees and pray this prayer all the time. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, our kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us sins we forgive. I might forget some, stu some stuff, but every night I would pray that. It wouldn't mean very much to me. I was just taught that, that that's what I should pray. Um, but that's not a new covenant prayer, and I'm going to show you why. All right. So, um, I don't know, for some odd reason, it's not letting me control these slides. Let me try this again. Praise the Lord. And uh, these slides help me to keep me on track because people will remind me very quickly that I didn't say the confession. So let's say the confession. <laughs> All right, y'all ready? Thank you, Lord. All right. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am, oh Lord, help me Lord. <laughs> I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless and free from accusation. I am a child of the most high God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus name. Thank you. Woo! Glory to God. And we're going to uh, let me just give you some things right off the bat because I want to help you just to just help everybody to have a, a prayer life that's fun and the way that God meant it to be. So what is prayer? There's some things that came to me as I was uh, preparing for this. What is prayer? It's communion, communion with God, or communication with God. It's not a one-way conversation. See, it's, it's, it's a conversation with God. And a conversation is a two-way street. You, 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 you say something, and the person says something back. And so in prayer, we need to allow the Lord to say something back to us. So, so prayer is communion with God, communication with God, conversation with God, fellowship with God. And um, thank you, Jesus. Prayer is about dependency upon God. When you're praying, you're dependent on God and not of yourself. So I want to demystify prayer because sometimes when you see people praying, and I see people pray online, and again, I'm not knocking this and there's nothing wrong with it. But 
sometimes, and my heart is, is for the body of Christ, and I want, I want the body of Christ to know that prayer is not for an elite few, certain prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Oh, man, they could really pray. Wasn't that a wonderful prayer? You ever heard somebody say that when somebody prayed? Oh, man, that was a wonderful prayer. That was such an eloquent prayer. Prayer is not about eloquence. It's not about how beautiful the Oh, what a beautiful prayer. Oh, what a, what a lovely prayer. It's not about that. Prayer is about communion with God. I mean, when you say, you hold your head back when you're at work, and you're on the computer, and then you hold your back, you just think about the goodness of God. Man, I'm getting full talking about this. You, you think about the goodness of God, and you lay your head back and say, thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for your love for me. I receive your love. And going back to work. Guess what you did? You just prayed. Lord, thank you for helping me. I got a difficult situation right now here on the job. People are messing with me. I'm about to go off on them. And I know that's not right. I just thank you for helping me deal with this situation. You just pray. Now, what I was getting at is when you see people praying online and, or in church, and they're just really going after it. You know what I'm talking about? And they just, ah, you know what I mean? They look intense, and they raise their voice to like a level, uh, like a 11 on the scale of 10. And, and I mean, they're just hollering and just going after it. And, and man, it's like, man, that, that's, man, they're really praying. And they may be praying. Okay, I'm not knocking that. But, but what I want you to know as a body of Christ, you don't have to pray that way. The Lord told me to tell you something, and I want to make sure I don't mess it up. This is really simple, but deep at the same time. Tell, tell my people they don't have to holler for me to hear them. I can hear a whisper. Okay, we can title this Prayer for the Rest of Us. <laughs> Because sometimes when you see, because the body of Christ, when they see people really praying and going after it and they praying 15 minutes nonstop, man, they didn't even take a like a pause. I mean, they just went after it. It's like, man, I wish I could pray like that. Don't you don't have to try to pray like nobody. Don't emulate somebody else's prayer. Pray the way you pray. See, I'm not I'm not loud. Now, sometimes I'll, I'll raise my voice, but I'm, I'm a chill kind of guy. And that's how I talk to God. I really appreciate it. if you're there, if you want to get an example of what I'm talking about is um, uh, when you are, are on uh, Wednesday morning with uh, Carla and Ashley, um, Wednesday morning they pray and Ashley, the way that she prays, and I know Ashley and I know the kind of relationship that she has with the Lord. And she just has conversations with him. So don't get it twisted. Like when you when you listening to her and she she'll take a, like a long pause. She's not stuck. She's hearing, and that's a good example. And 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 the Lord showed me something through that. And it's like, man, that's wonderful. And people need to learn to do that. 
when you're just going 100 miles an hour? Is, is, is this helping anybody? I mean, you just people just going 100 miles an hour, and God can't get a word in edgewise. Huh? It reminds me of Foghorn Leghorn, Gloria. It does all that talking. And he had that little boy. And the boy don't say nothing. He just talk, talk, talk. He just, he just can't shut up. And uh, he says, that's the problem with you, boy. You're doing all that talking and no listening. You can't get a word in edgewise. He's talking to the boy. He's the one doing all the talking. And that's the way a lot of people are with the Lord. I mean, they, okay, I got I to get it in. Get it in? Yeah, I got to get to work. I got to get my prayer in. Prayer is not something for you to get in. It's fellowship with the Lord and enjoying your fellowship with the Lord and having, listen, little conversations with him throughout the day. Just staying in communion with God, like those examples I gave you at work. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. And just take some time to listen. All right. That's just a, a little backdrop here. And um, okay, here, here's something else. It's not how long you pray. And we'll, we'll get into this here. Actually, let's just go ahead and jump in dive into this, what Jesus said. Now, if you combine the different gospel accounts, there's different gospel of accounts of this same story, all right? And if you combine Luke with what I'm reading, you'll see that this started with the disciples asking a question. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, remember what I said. Jesus was ministering under the old covenant. And this is an old covenant prayer, actually. We can get principles from it. Like, for example, it starts out, um, hallowed be thy name. Our, our Father, which is wonderful, because Jesus always referred to God as Father. And here's something else. Sometimes when you hear people pray, they always refer to God, 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 God. I mean, it's like the, the default mode is God. And I want to encourage you to pray with the default name for God as Father. He is God. He's all of that. He's El Shaddai. He is Jehovah Tishkenu, our righteousness. He's Jehovah Ra, our shepherd. He's Jehovah Rapha. Uh, our healer, praise God. He's El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Thank you, Lord. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I know those names. Adonai, amen. Elohim, the creator of the heaven. I know all those names. Okay. I mean, I can go after it and start calling names, and you can say, oh, man, that's, a, that's powerful. See, prayer is not a show, and it's not to show off to try to show people how many scriptures you can include in your prayer, how many names of God. <laughs> Amen. I just, want to, I just want to break it down and demystify it for you. And so here's my point. Let your default mode in prayer be Father when you're addressing God. Father. 
Jesus always, when he prayed, and when he referenced God, he always used Father. The only time he used God is when he was separated from his Father and he took upon himself the sin of mankind. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he took our sin upon himself as our substitute. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the only time he referred to his father as God. Because he was separated from his father, taking our sin. You see that? But before that, always father. And let that be your default mode in prayer. I, I wonder... If people that always talk about him as God, I mean, I know they know him, but it's like he's distant and impersonal. And they're, they're looking at him more like a king than a father. And he is king of all kings. But, but, you know, Jesus is the king of kings, but Jesus is, he wants to fellowship with us. He wants prayer should be personal and intimate. All right? And when you pray, now, again, this is a response to the disciples asking the Lord to teach us to pray. Anybody can pray. Everybody, everybody can pray. In the new covenant, listen, in the new covenant, it said, all shall know me. Read, read it in Hebrews chapter 8. All shall know me from the least to the greatest. Your prayer is just as effective as anybody else. Any prophet, even me. <laughs> My prayer is no more powerful than your prayer. Oh, he's a great, such and such is a great apostle, a great evangelist. If I could only attain to the kind of prayer life that he has. Listen, you can have your own prayer life and develop your own prayer life. Again, prayer is talking to God face to face. It's fellowship, it's communion, it's conversation. And, 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 and Pray your own way. Now, I'm not talking about praying crazy outside of God's word. Successful prayer is based on God's word. Kenneth Hagin once said, to, to learn how to pray, to, to know how to pray is, um, is better than a college education. More important, I think he said. To know how to pray is more important than a college education. But the thing is, you don't have to get some PhD in prayer. Just talk to the Lord out of your heart. I mean, you can pray when you have no prayer. I mean, even, even a groan will reach the throne. 
I mean, sometimes when, when you don't have a prayer, you say, Lord, I mean, you might be overwhelmed with something. And the crisis of life comes to all of us, and you might be overwhelmed with something. But guess what? When, when, in those times, in those times when you're hurting, I mean, you, have you ever been in a situation you, you just got crushed with, with some bad news? And, and I mean, you, you, your head is spinning, and you really, you really don't know what to pray. And um, thank you, Lord. You can, you can just tell the Lord, Lord, I have no prayer. I have no prayer. And I, and I just, Lord, just, here's, here's, here's two prayers that will work in any situation. Thank you, Jesus. One. Got that? You write that down? Two. Help me, Jesus. Lord, help. And you know what? That's a prayer. Those are prayers, and he'll help you. Even, the Bible says, in everything give thanks. Even while you're sick, you can thank God. Not for being sick. See, it's important that you pray according to the word. You don't pray, Lord, I just thank you that I'm sick. No, he didn't say thank God for everything. He said in everything, give thanks. So in the sickness, you thank God for his provision of healing. Thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. In those times that you have no prayer, pray in tongues, pray in the spirit. Okay? Paul said, when I speak in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is, un is unfruitful. He said, in the spirit, when you're praying in tongues, you are speaking mysteries. See, Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my, with my understanding than 10,000 words in tongues so that by my voice I can teach others. See, it wouldn't help you if I got up here and prayed in tongues for 20 minutes because you wouldn't understand what I was saying. But Paul went on to say, he said, you indeed give thanks well. See, you're giving thanks well when you're praying in tongues. And even though he said in the church, I'd rather speak five words, people always want to jump on that. Well, tongues ain't important. Paul said, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 words. He, in the church, he said that. But what people miss is when he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. And he didn't do it in the church. So where did he do it? It must have been in his personal, private, devotional life. That's a wonderful way to, to pray. And um, I encourage you. Please, God wants you to incorporate that into your prayer life. Because, I mean, even when, th when you're thanking God, I mean, come on. There's only so many words that you can say in your English language to express your adoration, your love for your father. I mean, I mean you run out of words. And then you can go off into praying in tongues and give thanks well. See, and, and God said, Paul said that 
I will pray with the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding also. So he, he distinguishes the two. When you're praying in your natural English language or whatever your native language is, you're praying with your understanding. But Paul said, I will pray also with the spirit. And he said, I'll sing with the spirit. See, so there's singing in tongues, singing with the spirit and singing with the understanding also. Praise God. All right. Finally, let's get started. Okay, <laughs> Jesus said, and when you pray, I, I see now it's going to take me probably more than a week. Again, this is a response to Jesus, uh, the disciples asking Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he said, when you pray, you must not be like the what? The hypocrites. There is some hypocritical praying. Um, some folks all, and you can, you can really, and I'm not, I'm not judging, but there, I, I just know by the spirit, there are people that most of their praying is in front of people. They just like praying in church. And you wonder sometimes, and, and again, I don't, I don't want to judge people, but just sometimes it's just like, I wonder, do you really have a relationship with Father God? Because the way you're praying, you, you almost look angry. You ever heard people pray angry? Oh, God. And I mean, they're just going after it. Look at y'all. Y'all better stand up. Y'all better get up there and praise God. You know God has been good to you. You better stand up on your feet and act like, I mean, I mean, like what, 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 you know, you need a, looks like you need a hug. Why are you fussing at people? Sometimes people come in church, they have sleep sometimes, you know. They just, they, they love the Lord, but just give them a minute, okay? And everybody don't praise God the same way, don't react the same way. And I, I uh, we, we encourage and, and I, I, we have meetings and we talk about it from time to time with our praise team and we let our new people to come in to our, our praise team know that, listen, just leave people alone. You just get up here and praise the Lord. I learned this from, uh, from T.D. Jakes. He taught me this. I spent, I spent time with him one time about six hours just one-on-one, -on -one, and, 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 and he shared some things with me, and I took notes, man. This guy has got some wisdom, and he, he told me, man, when people stand up there and praise, he said, don't, don't tell grown folks, stand up. Lift up your hands and dance. And just, you just do what you do up here. And let people respond to the Lord the way they want to. Okay? 
And sometimes people don't know to lift their hands. And you sit there yelling at somebody. They're a guest coming into the church. They don't know nothing about uh, lifting their hands. I, I remember when, when I first came into a church, it was um, Lester Summerall's church in South Bend, Indiana. And um, I, I went in there. And I never seen people. I grew up Baptist. I, I didn't see nobody that I can remember lifting their hands up. Okay. So I, I'll go into that church and people are lifting their hands and so forth. Well, I didn't lift my hands. You know why? Because I didn't know what the, I mean, I figured they were praising the Lord, but that, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't against it, but I wasn't used to it. But nobody fussed at me for not lifting my hands. Just leave people alone. Now, I'm, I'm I'm pastor now. This is Summit family. Okay, so y'all do whatever y'all want to do in your church. I'm just talking about with us. This is what we do. Okay, don't bust at people. I mean, we're, we're not perfect, and sometimes we get excited, slip around. Okay, run around. <laughs> Spin. <laughs> do, the, do, the, uh, do the hokey pokey. And turn yourself around. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, just let people be, man. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes. Let's do the shuffle across the church. I mean, sometimes people. And I'm an introvert, and and this really helps people like me. I mean, you walk into a church for, and they're doing the you know, the electric slide and different things. Like I don't really want. Just let me let me be. Just let me just absorb and receive. Amen. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love, they love to stand and pray in church and at the street corners. Why, why do they do it? Why do the hypocrites do it? That they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What's their reward? What did they do it for? To be seen, and that's their reward. Oh, that's a beautiful prayer. What a, what a wonderful prayer. And they, oh man, man, they can really pray. It ain't about that. Thank you, Lord. See, the, the real proof of the pudding is in, is in the power. Thank you, Lord. He said, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, I'd rather get results from the father than have the praise of people. And when you pray, do not... <laughs> I get tickled by this because it's like it's like Jesus is is looking into the future and seeing church in 2020. When you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. It's not how many words and how many scriptures you include in your prayer. You see somebody at Kroger's. And you talk to them, oh, I haven't seen you for a while. And uh, 
you find out they're sick. Okay, so you don't need, okay, man, where's the usher? I need somebody to stand behind them, and I'm going to lay hands on them right now. Oh, God! In the middle of, you know, right in the sugar aisle. Oh, God! The creator of heavens and the earth. Lord, you're God Almighty. You are the Lord who was and is and is to come. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the ending. And I know that you have power to heal. My dear sister, you ain't got Lord, heal her in Jesus' name. And go and get your sugar. Amen. Oh, I forget Carla's here. No, not sugar. You gonna get uh, what you gonna get? You're gonna get your almond milk. <laughs> All right, so you, you get my point. It's not how many words that you use. See, you, you know what you're doing when when you just say a few words? And sometimes and I, and I, I get tempted because when people ask me to pray sometimes, and I really don't like to do these invocations, and sometimes it don't mean anything to people because they, they, they have a slot to fill on the program, and invocation means like to invoke a blessing on, on the, whatever they're doing. And some of these people, God is the furthest thing, you know, from on their mind. And, and, and they... I'm just not an invocation kind of guy. I'm not a public prayer. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pray in, in, in public and lead you, you all in prayer and things like that. But, I mean, to do these invocations and have these long, flowery, beautiful, lovely prayers, I'm not the guy. And I try to avoid it as much as possible. Oh, you know what? Uh, Brother so-and-so over there, he be, Pastor so-and-so, man, he, he'd be better at it than me. And he would, I mean, because those, that kind of stuff, I'm really not into it. I don't really know a whole lot to say. I get up and say a few things and sit down and like, some people are like, man, I thought he was going to pray. Other people say, I'm glad. That's the kind of pastor I like. <laughs> I was at a, somebody invited me. It was like a celebration for somebody, I think a graduation ceremony. And they asked me to pray over the food. I said, Father, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name. And everybody looked up like, and then the, the girl's father, I think he came over here from, he from New York or somewhere, he said, man, I, I, I see why you go to his church. He said, I like, because his daughter attended our church, she went to Indiana Tech. He said, I see why you like your, your pastor, man. I, I like this, I, I like this guy. I mean, you want me to pray over the food? I mean, what do you want me to do? I'm going to pray for the food. I'm going about my business. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, so when, when you pray short prayers like that, Lord, Lord, heal him in Jesus' name. I mean, you can pray a longer prayer. I mean, whatever's on your heart to pray. I'm not saying not to pray longer than that. I'm saying you don't have to. Pray what you got. <laughs> pray what you got. What's in your heart to pray sometimes is just, you know, that person's got somewhere to go. They need healing. Lord, heal them in Jesus' name. 
Scratch that. We, we, we learn to not to talk to God. It's, it's time to pray. Okay. But then there's a time to, and, and I'm, I'm adjusting to this. Okay. There's times to talk to God about your problems. And talk to God about certain situations that you're dealing with. But then there are times to use your authority and talk to your problem about what God says. And in the instance of the grocery store, you see somebody that needs healing. I command your body to be healed in Jesus' name. I speak life and healing into your body in Jesus' name. And go on. And don't think that that's not effective. See, when, when you're praying a short prayer like that, you're, you're showing that your dependency is on Jesus, not how you prayed. See, it's not about how long or short your prayer is. Are you, remember, I, I shared in, in the beginning about prayer is about dependency upon God. Are you dependent on how eloquent your prayer was? How many scriptures you had in there? See, that's works. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't, don't heap up empty phrases like as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Don't, don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we or and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Look at verse 14. But if you, what happens? If you do not forgive, uh uh-oh, watch this now. If you do not, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, what happens? Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Okay? Now, that is an old covenant prayer. I said that's an old covenant prayer. And let me show you why. Your kingdom come, he's, asked, he's, he's telling them, this is the disciples' prayer under the old covenant. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, now, that was appropriate for that dispensation, but God's kingdom has come now. We're on the other side of the cross. See, After Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, the kingdom came. All right. Now, 
Another reason why this is an old covenant prayer, it says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. So what's, what's happening here is, is that their, their forgiveness is based on their forgiving others. Or I should say, God forgiving them is dependent upon them forgiving others. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. In other words, if you don't forgive the people that have done you wrong, God's not going to forgive the people that have done you wrong. That's old covenant. Look at verse 14. I mean, he doubles down on it. For if, if you forgive others their trespasses, your, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. <laughs> okay. That's old covenant. And see, but, but people, because they don't understand prayer in the uh, new covenant, they tell people that today, not understanding the covenant that we're in. And I'm going to, let, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you um, what I mean by that. This is, this is uh, Ephesians in the New Covenant. And Paul is talking about forgiveness under the New Covenant. See, in the New Covenant, God has already forgiven us based on the blood that he shed when he said it is finished we were forgiven of all of our sins past present and future it wasn't dependent upon anything we did we are forgiven thank you lord because of what jesus did for us on the cross so another way to say it is under the old covenant and that was an old covenant prayer that, that I'm reading from in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught them a conditional forgiveness based on the old covenant. What Paul is giving us here is unconditional forgiveness based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. He said, be kind to one another, watch this, tenderhearted and forgiving one another as, as God in Christ forgave you. How did God forgive you? God forgave you in Christ because of what Jesus has done. And so when we're, and, and that's how that we are to treat other people or that's how we forgive others. We're just passing on what Jesus did for us. We're passing it on to one another. Giving them what? An unconditional forgiveness. And some people, you know, don't, don't like to, uh, they don't like to do this. Give people unconditional forgiveness. They want to see a, a few tears. I mean, if somebody did you wrong, release them, forgive them, let them go unconditionally. Don't require tears. Well, you need to show some remorse. That's conditional forgiveness, isn't it? 
you need to act like you're really sorry for what you did. When that, when that boy came home, that prodigal son came home, the father fell on his neck. He had his speech all prepared. The father didn't even want to hear it. He didn't want him feeling sorry. That boy was ready to be one of, one of the servants and eat like the servants. He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore because of what he did. But the father ain't having that. We're not the best road put, on, put it on. We're going to have a party. We're going we to have some ribs. <laughs> Amen. Bring out that fatty cat. Put a, put a ring on his, on his finger and shoes on his feet. We're fixing the party down. When we party, we party hearted for that boy, right? So, and forgiveness is not a feeling. Well, you know what? And the devil will, will try to add stuff to the word. He'll say, well, you've forgiven them, but you haven't, you haven't forgotten it, so you haven't really forgiven it. If you did, anybody ever hear that? If you didn't really, if you didn't forget it, you didn't really forgive. That's not what the word said. You might remember what they did, but you don't hold it against them. But see, that's just the devil trying to throw stuff in there to try to make, make you feel guilty. You ain't forgetting you ain't forget nobody. Because <laughs> you, you have the, the thoughts that come to you about what they did. But you see, the key is you don't hold it against them. You release them. Thank you, Lord. Let's go a little bit further. It's not even 1130 yet. I'm supposed to be out of time. But... Um, We've been having these two-hour services. I'm, en I'm enjoying not having y'all here. <laughs> Feeling y'all pressure to, for me to close. I only got a few people here to hold hostage. <laughs> Just a little bit further. I want to go a little bit further because I want to cover something else. Um, Here's another thing, man. And I see it all the time over Facebook. Praying old covenant prayers like Psalm 51. Again, how do you read the Bible? Cross-eyed, through the lens of the cross, with sunglasses. So what people do, not understanding prayer in the new covenant and that we're under a new covenant, they go back and they reach back and they grabbed these prayers, Old Covenant prayers, that were appropriate for that time, but we're not in that time anymore. Here's one of them. Create in me a, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Put the brakes on. Hold. <laughs> Could just pump the brakes. Oh, see. And, and don't let these people intimidate you when they, when they, they tell you and they get the prophecies and we need, we need a clean heart and all this kind of stuff. You know, and clean house and clean your heart. and Pump the brakes here. We already have a clean heart. And we already have the right spirit. We're perfect. 
what you say? I said, we're perfect. You heard me right. I didn't stutter. We are perfect. In our spirit, we're perfect. We all got issues in the natural, but we're perfect. We already have a clean heart because either, either the, the new birth worked or it didn't. When you received Christ, when you received Christ, you became a new creation. Old things, that dead spirit passed away, all things became new in your spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your soul is not perfect, your body is not perfect, but your spirit is perfect. You're created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 says, you are God's workmanship. One translation says, you are his masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. You already have a clean heart. Now, David prayed this because he was under the old covenant. He said, create in me a clean heart and, and, and renew a right spirit within me. And, and watch this. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. This, hold on, player. This is not a new covenant prayer. In a new covenant, we shouldn't pray. We don't pray, Lord, don't, don't, don't throw me away from your presence and don't take your spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart. No, you already have a clean heart. And the Holy Spirit, listen, will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13.5. He has said. He has said. He has said. I will never leave you or forsake you. So don't. Sing these kumbaya songs. Lord, kumbaya, come by here, Lord. Pass me not. O oh, gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not what? Pass me by. The Lord is not passing by. He's in you. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Here's another one. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Oh, you're hearing a lot of it during this pandemic. And I've covered this before, but I'm going to just uh, circle back and talk about it again. As people are saying, well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. See, this is what... The nation, this is what we need to do as a nation, as a church. We need to uh, uh, humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked way. We're not wicked. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. This is conditional blessings. See, and 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 most of these prayers that people like to pray and bring over into the new covenant 
are, are, are things that we have to do to get God to do what he wants to do in our life. But the thing is, God has already done everything he's going to do about your healing, about your blessing, about your victory, about your prosperity, about your healing. And all we got to do is receive. We, we go up to the table and enjoy. And it's not based on us humbling ourselves and seeking his face and turning from his wicked way. We just walk up to the table and eat. And I want to close with this statement. Please hear me, body of Christ. And primarily, I want to talk to my summit people and, 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 and other people who, who are, have ears to hear. Some people don't want to hear this. But there are people who, who are tired of people yelling at them and screaming at them and talking about they're not doing enough for God. They're not trying. They're, they're not. Uh, they need to try harder. They need to do more for God. And it just never seems to be enough. Like, when is it enough? When do we actually arrive? But when you know the word, when you know the new covenant, and I didn't know this for years, humbling yourselves. And I do believe we need to hum humble ourselves, but humbling ourselves is is to look into the word and to be able to correct yourself when you realize you're wrong. And repent. Oh, we need repentance. Yeah, yeah. you need to repent. <laughs> and that's what I did. I mean, I, I, I repented when I, when I found out I was praying old covenant prayers and I found out grace. You know what I did? I, repent means uh, in the Greek, it's metanoia. It means, it means to, to change your mind. See, if you receive this, you may be repenting right now. And, and it doesn't, it's not about crying and, and, and snotting and all that kind of stuff. It's about, oh, change your mind. Yeah, I, I see I've been praying wrong. That's, that's an old covenant prayer. God never leave me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I can just, I just, you mean these blessings I can just receive and it's not based on what I do. It's based on what, see, the blessings of God are based on what Jesus did. The old covenant, if you can receive this, was a conditional covenant based on what you had to do to qualify for God's blessings. But we're not in that covenant. We're in the new covenant. The new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus already did to qualify you. We don't have to qualify by humbling ourselves and seeking his face and turning from our wicked ways. How do we qualify? We don't. We're already qualified. Colossians says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. We're already qualified. Now, that's too simple for people. Because the people that are talking about we got to do this, we got to clean ourselves up, and we, we, we need to, to pray that, that God would create us a clean heart and all this, all this kind of stuff, and, and we need to turn from all we can work, all these kind of old covenant prayers. It seems like when do we ever get to the place where we don't have to do that? Right. 
it, there's always something wrong with the church. Always something wrong with us. We all, when do we ever get to the point where we can enjoy the blessings? And see, what, what people think is, is that because, oh, I just sin in the church. Well, guess what? There's always going to be sin in the church. Well, Pastor, you can contradict yourself. I thought you said we were perfect. We're perfect on the inside. But we live in a body, and none of us are without sinning. See, Jesus took the sin out of our spirit. We're redeemed from sin, but we're not redeemed from sinning because none of us are perfect on the outside. We're going to make mistakes, and we're going to, we're going to sinning. <laughs> But what you need to see is that doesn't stop God from blessing you because he's not holding your sinning against you because we're under a constant waterfall of forgiveness. As soon as you sin, it's cleansed. It's washed away. Well, no, no, no. He need, we need to be clean. The Bible says to, be, to, to uh, uh, um, confess your sins. Um, what, what, the first, first John 1 9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I don't have time. To, we don't have no unrighteousness, first of all. So pump the brakes on that. We don't need to be cleansed from all our unrighteousness. Well, what's that talking about then, Pastor? I'm glad you asked that question. I don't have time to get into it in detail. I got a whole teaching on that. But 1 John 1, 9 is not for the believer. See, 1 John chapter 1 was written to the Gnostics. These are people who did not know God. And so that's who, he, who he's addressing. In fact, in, the, in that chapter, if you read it, he said, these things I write to you that, you that you may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. You wouldn't say that to a believer. I wouldn't say to you, hey, um, if you're in Christ, I wouldn't say, hey, I, I, I want to say some things to you so that you can have fellowship with the rest of us. And our fellowship is with the Father. You wouldn't say that to a believer. So read the context. See, if you take the text out of context, you're left with a con. I said, when you take the text out of the context, you're left with a con. And a, and a lot of times we've been con, and we're applying scriptures that don't apply to us as believers under the new covenant. Glory to God. Sometimes, like this verse that I just referenced in 1 John 1, 9, it's for unbelievers. Then it makes sense. Because the Gnostics that Paul, excuse me, John was addressing didn't think they had any sin. See? And he said, if you confess your sins, you confess that you, that, that you yes, you do have sin, and you have a need of a Savior. Then he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yeah. 
so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ. This couldn't be written to the believer because we are not unrighteous. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The believer is called call righteousness. He said, what fellowship has light with darkness? The believer is called light. What fellowship uh, has Christ? The believer is called Christ with Belial. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? So he makes a distinction between the believer who's called righteousness and the unbeliever that's called unrighteousness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you.